Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. We are here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And today we're, we're going to be talking about, is the United States more democratic than China or even Iran? Interesting question. That's what our guest is going to be talking about today. Also, general investment strategies per international instability, extra Bidenites spending so far at $3.8 trillion and the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of the 1972 Olympics is coming up and we'll be talking about that as well. Uh, Our guest who's going to be uh, talking about these topics is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University of the Negev here in Israel. He has authored over 80 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideastern world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. All right. Uh, maybe we should start out with the Olympics. Uh, over the weekend, let me just mention that there was another shooting attack on a passenger bus in Israel. If you see the pictures in the news, on Israeli news, you'll see that these bullet holes, I think there were six, seven, eight of them, uh, were right at the uh, area in the bus w- where it would have or should have hit people. And the bus was packed, according to reports, and nobody was hurt. This is a, again, revealed miracle that God is keeping an umbrella or a shield of love over the children of Israel, over the Jewish people here in the land of Israel. Amazing uh, to see that. And uh, the Olympics... From 1972, if anyone remembers, there was the kidnapping and held hostage of soldier, uh, of our athletes in Munich. It was uh, lasted for days, and the person who uh, was responsible for the at least 11 deaths, I believe it was, and more injured of this terror attack, one of the people who financed it was none other than number two man under Yasser Arafat, who was the arch terrorist, is Mahmoud Abbas, who happens to today be considered the nice gentleman who is the head of the Palestinian Authority and is given much respect on red carpets. And he was the one who uh, was responsible for funding that terror attack. So why don't you tell us more, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem? Well, first of all, he didn't only fund it. He he actually gave the exact the, the specific order to kill. I mean, there are recordings of intercepted telephone calls that he gave the order to kill. He gave the order to kill in Munich. He gave the order to kill on the Aquila Laro, and he gave the order to kill the uh, many tens of small children in Malot. And of course, there are many other instances, but I mean, these are the, these are the uh, um, uh, major Children. kinds yeah. of uh, 
Horrible. of uh, 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 incidents that we are aware of where he was actually recorded as giving the order. So the man is not just a so-called president in the, in, the eight, in, the, in the 18th year of a four-year term, but he's also the horrible monster that just last week made the utterly ridiculous and lie, lying false claim that Israel perpetrated 50 holocausts against the, against the Palestinians. Of course, is a totally ridiculous statement. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if we actually listen to the ones that he mentioned, the so-called holocausts that he mentioned, in actual fact, not a single one of them actually occurred. They were all lies. 100%, with no exceptions, they were lies. Now, people need to understand what we're talking about here. You know, I mean, people bandy out words without really comprehending what they mean. You know, there, there have been mass killings throughout human history. So, I mean, why is the Holocaust, the German Holocaust of World War II, why is that special? What's different about it? Is it just a question of quantity? Well, of course not. It's not even a question of proportion of our people that were killed. I mean, in terms of proportion, we can easily compare it, if that was the only issue, with the Armenian massacre, which is a terrible thing in human history, in 1915. But what was really different here with the German Holocaust was that it was industrialized, it was organized brutalization, they didn't just kill people, they brutalized them horribly on the way to being killed. Not just men and women, but one and a half million children. And they demanded that the Jews pay for their own destruction. They stole from, they stole the assets, they stole even down to their teeth and trying to find uses for their shaved hair and everything else. It was a totally industrialized process. And of course, the biggest difference is that in this case, as opposed to every other mass uh, uh, murder instance in the, in the history of humanity, this was the full support of the Vatican. They still deny it, but if we actually look at history, the, the, the Vatican, which is probably the most uh, egregious uh, 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 most egregiously greedy organization in the history of the world, their largest, their single largest outlay of cash in their history was to save Nazis and prevent them from being prosecuted by helping them to be uh, um, uh, um, uh, funneled away into um, Egypt, Syria, South America, and etc. Right, and Paraguay was was it with Argentina, etc. Right. Yeah, that was that's the single largest cash outlay outlay in the history of the Vatican. For one thing, it was not it was not for building anything. It was not for establishing a new cathedral somewhere. It was to get criminals away from possible justice. And it was the Vatican who paid it upon the personal order of the person who was the Pope at the time. And again, I have documentation. I can show this. Now, we have to understand Abbas, who talked about these 50 holocausts and lied about it, 
the subject of his doctorate at the KGB University in Moscow was the subject of Holocaust uh, uh, denial. That was the subject of his of his doctor's doctoral thesis. Right. So this speech did not occur in a vacuum. This is something that he has been festering over for decades with total consistency. Now we need to understand this is not this is not something that simply occurs. This is something that is not this is not something that Abbas just thought of it himself. This doesn't occur in a vacuum. This is something that happens within a framework. Well, let's look at what's happened last week. At the beginning of last week, we saw that uh, 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 Europe was having a heat wave and the worst drought in 500 years. At the end of the week, they had a horrible storm with some uh, uh, two, with winds of over 240 kilometers per hour. So, so how is it that in, in the course of one week, from one extreme to the other? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it in a really simplistic manner. If you buy an appliance, the first thing you do is you read the, uh, 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 the manufacturer's operations manual. Well, the operations manual for the plant is called the Torah. And if you want to understand what's going on, you need to read it. You need to actually read what it says there. And it says, if you destroy, if you work against the Jewish people, it says it explicitly, specifically. Anyone who works against the Jewish people will be uh, 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 punished with very bad weather, with drought, with rains that do not come on time and the way they should come for maximum crops, etc., etc. But but then you I have to explain to our listeners, Mordechai, why, why that d- didn't happen during the Holocaust. Why was well, it? Th- th- there's a major difference, and that major difference is 1948. In, in 1948, the the, the 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 nation of Israel was reformed, and we we need to understand that that changed, in terms of spirituality, that changed the nature of the of the entire uh, uh, state of humanity, changed everything. So you need to understand that that's, that is a major change that affects everyone. It doesn't just affect the Jewish nation. It, just, it doesn't just affect the Middle East, the so-called Middle East. It affects humanity. It is a major spiritual event that matters to everyone. And by the way, uh, uh, 1,400 years before that was Muhammad. He was, that was a major spiritual event as well. I happen to disagree with that. I have problems with that, but that that doesn't change the fact that it was a major spiritual event for all of humanity. So was the formation of the state of Israel. The major spiritual event. You can agree with it, you can disagree with it, you can accept it, you can reject it. You cannot reject the fact, and the fact is that it changed everything in the world. Hmm. And a lot of people have a big problem with that basic concept. You can't just reject facts. You have to somehow accommodate them and then fit your views into, what's re- into, into what is reality. Especially if the fact is accompanied by, it, it seems to be like a miraculous one, that how the Jewish people who were at that time were only around 600,000 maximum in the land of Israel were able to uh, beat off hundreds of millions of Arabs and all these surrounding Arab countries around us, and we won. Okay, we have to go to a break. We're going to be right back. 
Don't go anywhere. We have a lot more to talk about. The United States democracy, is it more or less than China or Iran? You may be surprised. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, and we're talking about different subjects in the news today and a lot of things that are not in the news today. And one of the questions we're asking today, is the United States more, or should I add, or less democratic than China or even Iran? Uh, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, where would you like to start? Well, you know, a lot of people think that uh, uh, the the concept of democracy sort of equals the 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 operational concept of voting. People vote for a candidate. That makes it a dem- democratic process. But that's wrong. And the Soviet Union had votes. They elected their officials, but you couldn't vote for anybody else. You could only vote for the candidate that they wanted you to vote for. Igor or Igor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In Iran, they have multiple party systems. You can you can vote for any party that you like, you like, but any candidate must be priorly prior to that approved by the Ayatollah. In China, there's only one party, and all the candidates need to be priorly approved. But you can reject them. You can you can in terms of Chinese law, you can vote against a, a, a candidate. You could not do that, by the way, in the Soviet Union. At your in own China, peril, you though. <laughs> Probably at your own peril. I mean, is it secret uh, that, voting? That's a, separate, pro- that's a separate issue. Okay, So voting itself by itself is not a, a an issue of does it be can it be classed as democratic or not? The problem in America, as I view it, and of course anyone can disagree with my opinion here, is not that people uh, 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 like or dislike or this candidate or that candidate or whatever. The problem is that for what is it, at least twenty or twenty-five years now, the election, pro- the electoral process, is not trusted. So the issue of whether voting is part of democracy or not, I will claim, I will submit that it's not a question of the act of voting; it's a question of do the voters actually believe the system as it exists at the the time that they're voting. And you're talking about what we saw in the last election where a lot of people felt that the election was stolen because of all these mail-in ballots and before that... Well, not really. I mean, yes, I'm talking about that. I'm talking about the 2016 election when when, when even during the inauguration, people stood up and, and, and demonstrated and said that the election was improper. I'm talking about the, the election in, in the year 2000 with the chads in Florida. Right. That people rejected uh, uh, one candidate in favor of another candidate. Uh, 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 elections in America, as far as I can tell, as an, as an observer from the outside, as an observer who tries to be somewhat objective. I'm, I'm, I'm human. I'm, not, I'm far, far from perfectly objective. I try to be objective. Um, I don't see that elections have been uh, 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 respected by all sides 
for quite some time now. And, and is, isn't that what the whole January 6th uh, episode was about as well? Because they were upset with the election results that they marched I, I in the Capitol? I don't think anybody really knows what it was all about. What we do know is that um, uh, 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 the reaction to what happened, on the, uh, breaking into the Capitol, breaking into a, 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 a public building in that manner is, of course, reprehensible to an extreme. I mean, clearly the people that took whatever it was that was, it was a chair that we saw people using to break windows. I mean, clearly these people should be prosecuted. They're, they're vandals, if nothing else. But to call that an armed insurrection is ridiculous. No one, no one has been accused of having any firearms. So no one was armed there. So calling it an armed insurrection is clearly, clearly just a ridiculous lie. But I heard, I heard a, a video this, this past week and I cannot verify this. I'm just reporting what I heard, that in the state of New York, the law has been changed now, and you can only have two parties. Previous to this, you could have other third parties. You could have a Green Party and a Liberal Party and this and that, and et cetera, et cetera. And now the law has been changed such that, if I'm understanding it correctly, um, unless a representative of a third party received a certain minimal number of votes for the gubernatorial uh, election, that organization cannot be considered a, a, a legitimate political party and therefore cannot appear on the ballot. Well, of course, that's sort of a self-contradiction because if you can't appear on the ballot, then how are you supposed to get the, the votes for the gubernatorial uh, election? But obviously, that's, that was the intention here. So if New, if New York State is now a by law two-party state with no other parties allowed how democratic is that i don't know the answer to that question hmm. so I, whatever happened to that thought that anybody who was born in america and is a citizen can grow up to be the president of the united states but here you can't if it's only two parties or or you have to sell out your values and your and your beliefs in order to fit in with one of the parties and I should mention that in Iran, there are more than two parties. Hmm. So is, is, is Iran democratic? I, I wouldn't say or so. Or more democratic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 like to, I like to, one of the persons that I like to quote from, a person that I admire highly, Victor Davis Hanson, I believe to be one of the uh, foremost historians in the world today, and certainly one of America's foremost historians. Quote, right now, at this moment, the FBI is one of the, one of the great threats to democracy. In a democracy, in a constitutional republic, do you really want a national and federal police force? And Barack Obama, this, Victor Davis Hanson said this last week, Barack Obama, I believe, answered that in 2008. We cannot continue, this is a quote, we cannot continue to rely on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well armed. And I would say that 87,000 um, uh, 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 new IRS agents who are sworn to uh, uh, agree to using lethal force, which is the way it was phrased, Again, not by me, is clearly something that Barack Obama was talking about. And I'll remind people that 
the, the Gestapo that controlled an entire continent and many more people that are in the United States right now only had 32,000 people at its height. So 87,000 people is a very large force compared to the Gestapo with 32,000. Unbelievable. It's, you know, it's scary. And I, I want to say that any American who values freedom should be extremely concerned about this and not just write it off, say, well, there's nothing I can do about it, you know, or it, it's just this is a bunch of baloney. It's just just alarmist. But you should be interested. You should check it out because if it's true, you, you have to be like those fighters that- who fought for independence, perhaps. Yeah, all I can say at this point is that my job is to report things that are going on and to try to point out the things that may be or should be of concern. I'm not telling anybody what to do. But I would say to continue this thought, at this point, I would have to contend that the United States, since since the Biden term began in office, the United States does not have a foreign policy. It has domestic policy aimed at maximum democratic power and minimizing U.S. power in the world. You you know, Mordecai, I just want to say, I I was watching something on YouTube, and you know how it it has autoplay, and it'll just start playing other videos that are lined up, and one of them was an interview with uh, Priscilla Presley, the f- the former wife of Elvis Presley. And it was a recent interview in the last year or two, and they were asking her, I think it was a British program, if I'm not mistaken, and they were asking her, what do you think uh, Elvis would have had to say about what's happening today in the world? And she was saying that he would have been shocked and, uh, I, I don't quote me on the words, but basically shocked and saddened and and disappointed and and would not be able to believe what America looks like today, that people are afraid to speak their opinion. People are afraid to say what they think today because of the repercussions, that the freedom that all Americans used to enjoy is not there anymore, that 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 there's that freedom of speech has been affected so much and, and people are afraid to, to state well, their well, opinion. Well, the most poignant portion of that, of people being afraid of free, for free speech and etc., I would say the most poignant part of that is what we call tertiary of education. Um, uh, 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 Israel has the largest proportion in the world of uh, uh, workers with an academic degree. 80, 47% of, our, of the entire workforce has, has degrees. Um, in the United States, increasingly parents are concerned that tertiary education is more of a danger than an advantage. And I can only end this segment by saying what I've said several times in the past, you must defund the FBI. A national police force does not enhance democracy. Never has. Well, in Biden's words, build back better. (laughs) Right? I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Was I impolite? I'm sorry. All right, we're going to a break, but when we get back, we're going to be talking uh, perhaps a little bit more about this, but also we want to talk about the spending so far through the Biden administration and general investment strategies as well, what we might see coming up, the trends, etc. 
And again, I want to warn everybody, use your own mind, your own decision, speak with your own financial advisors before you make any decisions. This is only an opinion we're giving and you take it and use it as you like. We'll be right back. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. I want to say hi to everybody who's listening in from all over the world, from all over the United States and Israel, of course, Canada, Algeria, the Russian Federation, India, Australia, Germany, and other places as well. Welcome and tell your friends about Israel News Talk Radio, where you can get news from on the ground here from Israelis in English, so you can understand and get the inside view of what's happening here. All right, our and, guests... And it's live. They can call in. And it's live. They can call in if you're listening at the times that these shows are scheduled, because these shows do run on a replay and uh, you may be listening on the replay. All right. So uh, we were talking about how uh, the United States has lost a lot of its democratic feel to the very least with the lack of trust in its voting or elections. And as the famous saying is, it's, it's not who votes or how many that vote, but who counts the votes. Right. And I well, think that was the, that was the other Joe, the previous Joe. Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and I think that a lot of Americans, especially after the last one with Donald Trump and Biden, who's supposed to be having the most votes ever recorded in the history of an election in the United States, has such a low uh, approval rating and had such low uh, show up ratings at attendance rating ratings at his own uh election campaign when he was going around speaking all over the United States. All right. So do you, have you exhausted this? Do you want to continue on that? Or do you want to go to investment strategies and, and where the trends are going? I think going to investment strategies is a continuation of it. I mean, okay. A lot of these things that we're saying are very strongly affected by these issues of uh, uh, how democratic the, uh, the, the, the economy is functioning today. Is the economy of America functioning democratically today? Well, actually, it never does. The economy is never democratic. But, I mean, how, how is it affected by politics? So, again, as you said, <clears throat> pardon me, as you said previously, we're not telling person X, you know, invest in this and this and don't invest in that. We're talking about trends. So everyone needs to understand these macro trends and adapt them for themselves. We're not giving specific advice. We're giving general advice. Right. Just to, just to inform you on what other people and experts are saying, and then you should speak with your own financial advisor and decide what is best for you. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're talking about uh, the, the general macroeconomic trends that we're looking at. Remember, we are now in a situation of, uh, uh, of, of flux. The entire world. We're in a situation where economies all over the world are uh, shaky. Are, are, are things are some places things are very that, that are very are very very bad. Like in Sri Lanka, I mean, we, we should certainly have pity for the for the people in Sri Lanka who are who are, who are in the midst of a famine. 
and in many other places that are have similar problems. Pakistan is very bad, is in very bad economic economic shape. There are a lot of places that have very, very bad economic management over the last few years, last two or three years, and this affects everyone in the world. We need to remember now that one of the changes to the world in the 21st century is that anything happens anywhere, it affects everything everywhere. It affects more, it affects it less, but it affects, it's always an effect. There's always a knock-on effect. So, wait, economy, let's start, if we can, Mordecai, there's a special saying for when there's a pandemic, what follows that and what follows that. Why don't you Okay, it's it not up. a saying. It's a, it's, 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 it's a historical fact. When we have, when we have a, 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 a worldwide pandemic, that's always, in all of history, it's followed by a famine. And when we have a famine, in all of history, it's followed by a war. Now, is that war? Is, does that mean that we're about to have a, 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 an enormous global war like World War II? I'm not saying that, but I am saying that right now there are 37 different wars going on in the world. 37, not just Ukraine. That happens to be the one that gets reported in the, in the news. But there are 37 wars going on around the world today. So this is not something that's just happening. These are things that are going on. And these affect everyone all over. So we know that, in United, that the, the economy, whether you talk about the United States, the, the, the European Union, the world, it has not been functioning well since February 2020 because of the pandemic. So we, it, the, the phrase for it is called pan-for-war, which is, again, the pandemic, famine, and then war, as you said. And right. we've had the pandemic, and we're seeing now th- deliveries not happening. We're seeing uh, farmlands being bought up or not, and and whatever it is that's causing lack and, and of... Droughts. And major droughts. Major droughts, and also uh, China's bought up a lot of farmland. The war in Ukraine as well has, has stopped a lot of... Uh, Growth and delivery of you know the breadbasket of the world to other countries. One, one report that I saw this past week claimed again I can't verify the numbers here, but I'm certain the trend is correct. Claimed that 30 percent of American farmland has simply been plowed under because there's insufficient rain. There's no way that, that a farmer can can harvest it and, ma- and make any money. They they don't want to invest more in what's already. It's what's already lost cause. Is that 30% correct? As I said, I can't verify that number, but the trend is there. And for whatever reason, if a nation doesn't have enough food to feed its people, war, there's going to be a revolution or a war with another country to try to get what they need. Uh, I mean, it's just natural. People are not going to sit and starve to death quietly. You can always print more money. You can never print more food. And remember, I've said this many times in the past, what is happening today around the world economically, no one can claim, nobody can claim that we know what's going on and we know how to fix it. No economic theory exists today to explain what's going on in the world today. Things today are changing so rapidly that we just do not yet know how to really understand it. We have never had a situation in the world when literally 
tens of trillions of dollars of, uh, in basically false money have been printed just during the time and after a pandemic. That's uh, totally unprecedented. And the Biden administration has spent so far well over $4 trillion in the two years that they've been, that they've been uh, uh, in power. And that's extra spending. That's not basic spending like Social Security and Medicaid and defense. Talk about extra spending. That's spending that for which all of it had to be printed. All of it had to be created money. So if you're thinking about your own portfolio, you're thinking about how you want to, how do you want to think? You're thinking about how you want to think. Look at four basic rules that I'm about to give you. Again, not to choose an investment, but to choose how to think about what you want to invest in. A, one should invest in something which you're willing to hold for a minimum of three to five years. This is a period when you need to be looking at long term, not at speculations. The risk value are shooting up in the world, up in the air now. All risks are shooting up. Now you need to look at things that can be like if they're they go up, they go down. What are their trend? Are they trending upwards or are they trending downwards? Look at three to five years minimum. B, at least a portion, probably a large portion of any investment portfolio should be based upon generational wealth transfer. So I'm going to say something really unwestern at the moment. Don't think only about yourself. Think about your family. Think about your progeny. Think about the people that you care for. That should be a clear uh, 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 concept in front of your eyes when you're thinking about what to invest in. Third one, as to currency, if you're comparing currency A with currency B, and again, I'm not talking about a specific currency right now, always use moving averages. Currencies today, their comparative values are extremely volatile, and they will remain extremely volatile for the, for the, for the coming years because we've printed too much money on top of a pandemic. And finally, when you're thinking about short-term gains versus volatility, remember, all of this is creating stress. Stress is not good. It makes, you, it, it makes it more difficult for you to think clearly about what you need to be doing. I'm not talking about public companies here. I'm talking about individuals on this one. Remember a general, a general concept. In 1971, one ounce of gold was worth $35. In 2022, one ounce of gold is now worth $1,780. That's a phenomenal change. This is the time to be defensive, not offensive. Preserve your purchasing power. Anyone can decide how they want to do that. There are various ways. These are the rules that I believe should be helpful to you. So this is not the time we should be ordering extra things online that we don't really need. We should be frugal now in order to leave ourselves a nest egg. Uh, because the world is going through a change now. 
And that's not that's not the word that I would use. I would say to be more thoughtful, more cautious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, remember, uh, 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 um, it's clearly correct that if the United States wants to do horrible harm to China, placing a, flo- a major flotilla in the Persian Gulf or in the Indian Ocean and preventing China from getting energy supplies will do terrible harm to, to, to China. At the same time, if China prevents export of all pharmaceuticals to the United States, 96% of American pharmaceuticals are made in China. So the world is in, stru- is in stress. The world is in flux. A lot of things that look imbalanced are balanced in the wrong way. So America can harm China terribly. China can harm America terribly. What about the talk about uh, people are, if, if anybody does a search, a Google search, or any search online, you can find things where, where some experts are predicting, and some are saying no, they can disagree, are predicting a collapse of the uh, Chinese economy, uh, especially when it comes to real estate. And now they're talking about a collapse of the United States's, the America's economy. What, what well, do you hear about I'm, that, you know, Some of the people that I've been quoting over the last, over, over these many months, um, uh, Peter Zehan has been has been predicting for a long time now that this is the the very end of China. I don't happen to think he's incorrect, nor do I think that he is is correct. China has many problems, and there are also some solutions to those problems. Uh, same thing with Russia. Russia has many problems. There are also some solutions to those problems. For instance, Russia has just announced a new policy last week, 10 children per family. There, China, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 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 Russia has announced that any uh, Russian woman who gives birth to 10 Russian children who remain in Russia will be given some very substantial cash bonuses and other uh, uh, benefits. So they are looking at to solve, or at least strongly alleviate their demographic problem. Most countries, most countries in the world today, have demographic issues that they need to need to attend to. That includes the United States. But isn't it easier just to invade another country and take their population and add it to yours? No, it doesn't work that way. Because when you invade another country, their fertility naturally goes down immediately. Always. So it, it simply doesn't work that way. Hmm. You can't steal population. Interesting. Um, uh, if we're going to talk about the climate change bill or the Inflation Reduction Act or whatever you want to name this ridiculously named bill, just want to make one point in terms of climate change. The, this bill invests $400 billion in climate. That's very nice. That's a nice number. It sounds marvelous. But uh, uh, one of the world's foremost experts in climate, one of the foremost climatologists in the world, did the calculations using the United Nations climatology model. And he found that if this level of of, of, uh, um, uh, um, uh, investment 
continues through the end of the century. Remember, the $400 billion is until, is until 2030 for, for, the next, for the coming seven years. If this level of investment is continued through the end of the century, that will affect the climate by nine ten thousandths of one degree. Nine divided by 10,000 of one degree. In other words, it's totally irrelevant to climate. What? Now, that doesn't mean that everything they've done, they've done there is wrong. I'm not saying that. Some of the things are quite beneficial. For instance, they want to invest several tens of billions of dollars in hydrogen infrastructure. And if somebody wants to do a search on my name, I've published several articles on the issue of hydrogen infrastructure. It's a very complex subject. But such a subject that can be, it can be studied, it can be learned. Uh, and investing in hydrogen infrastructure is a good thing. Will it affect in inflation? Probably it will affect inflation. It will probably affect it in about 10 years. Is that going to help anybody, any family in America for the next two or three years? Not at all. It will create more inflation. So I just want to end everything here on two separate, on two little, little points. Okay. The first of the two is I'm going to quote from the World Economic Forum, which we all love so much, don't we? Quote, the vast majority of the population is obsolete, useless, and redundant. So if you love the World Economic Forum, be aware that they consider you to be obsolete, useless, and redundant. And they are indeed working very hard to eliminate the redundant people in the world. I just saw a meme today that was talking about how we've come to a time in history where robots want you to prove that you're not a robot. <laughs> you know, when you go to different websites and it says prove you're not a robot? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of uh, humorous. It is humorous, and it's not, you know, it's not, it's, it's wry humor, but it, but, but it is there. And I'll just end on one small point here. Um, many people may be aware of the name Tsunuva as the, as Israel's largest food company. People should be aware that Tsunuva is not, uh, 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 it, it's an Israeli company, but it is not owned by Israel or by Israelis. It's owned by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, and this past week, for the second time in two weeks, they were caught doing enormously serious offenses against Judaism. Two weeks ago, they were caught with chopped up pieces of mice in some of their foods. And this past week, with chopped up pieces of snakes in some of their foods. So remember, the Chinese Communist Party funds Hezbollah missiles. If you buy from Tanuva, you are helping to fund Hezbollah. So take that into account next time you go and buy a, a, a pot of cottage cheese. All right. So if anyone is not familiar with Tanuva, it's one of the major or probably probably the major dairy uh, output for Israel. And it is... Uh, so major and part of our staple and economy that many in Israel were furious when they heard that the stock shares were uh, most of them, that, that China got the majority of it, thinking how can we let a foreign country have such an important, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
not asset. just company. What? Asset, asset. Uh, of, you know, well, and a staple to the Israeli food industry that they that they would be able to control that to just squeeze us and they take our butt. You know, so many times also Israel's had butter shortages because they shipped all the butter to China to their people rather than letting the Israelis have it, etc. Um, lots of things going on. And so uh, there are other dairy companies here in Israel like Tara and what's another one, Mordechai? Uh, Strauss, Strauss, uh, right, etc. Dairies in the country. Yeah, so um, any country, four hundred and fifty different dairies. And of course, any, anybody can super. buy what they want. But if you do, if you do want to maybe try another company, there are there are other companies. But this is something that's very dangerous. And just like in the farmland that China has bought up in the United States, you know, to to let a foreign country, especially one that's an enemy of yours have so much power and taking taking control of how much food your population will be able to have this is something is extremely serious and extremely irresponsible i believe of these countries that let things like this happen so just another thing that is looming as a possibility to be very very concerned about all right simply not smart let's put it really simply it's just not a smart move to do not smart, no. And we have to be on the ball because obviously our governments either are not on the ball or perhaps they're corrupt in some ways or perhaps just not smart. I don't know. You'll you'll decide. I'm not going to tell you. All right, everybody. You've been listening to the Tamar Yono Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I want to thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, for being with us here on the show. And you, people, prepare. Uh, for the worst and hopefully we won't need it thank you for being with us bye Israel News Talk Radio's chat room just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. 
Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 